don't know if you believe it, but it's already spring 2020. Um, and you have found yourself here at Gab and Grow, WCSU's podcast that's all about helping you become the best student you can be. I'm Mary Beth Griffin, and I'm the host. And today we're talking about something that every student actually needs to know about. We're talking um, about Not Anymore and Title IX, and we're going to tell you what some of those things are in a bit. So our guests today are Sydney Treza, who's our campus advocate from the Women's Center of Greater Danbury. Hi, Sydney. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. And Jacenia Minier Delgado, who is our Chief Diversity Officer and our Title IX Coordinator. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you guys are back. Um, I know that you've been here before a few times, and we love having you, so mm-hmm. I'm glad that you're here with us. So as I said, we're, you know, <laughs> running away. It's already the middle of January which I absolutely can't believe. And, and this the fall semester just flew right past, so God only knows where this semester is going to go. Um, and I, I'm kind of guessing that that's probably the case for most of the students, too, is that that fall semester just zoomed right past and uh, that some of them may have missed something they were supposed to do, which is our Not Anymore program. Um, and in a nutshell... We and all universities and colleges are required to provide some kind of training about sexual assault, harassment, interpersonal violence and things. And and not anymore is the vehicle that WCSU and, in fact, all the CSU schools use to do that. So I wondered, Jacenia, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about not anymore. (laughs) Sure. So back in July, uh, we had started our campaign of having to put out information and uh, encourage all of our new and returning students to partake in the Not Anymore program. It, for the user, is a one-hour or less program that allows for education on uh, the forms of sexual violence that exist, all of the preventive measures, as well as resources on how best to redress issues of sexual violence. And so we are still back at it, starting the semester again, Mm -hmm. having to reintroduce the fact that for any new or returning students, it is highly encouraged for you to please go into your system and actually go through the program. For new students, it would be an hour-long program. For returning students, it's about 30 minutes, 40 minutes or so. And uh, what you would see is real-life examples, strategies, preventive measures as it pertains to witnessing any form of sexual violence or being the victim of sexual violence. And if the material is triggering, we do have students reach out to my office as well as to the Women's Center as to those concerns. And we redress those concerns very, uh, you know, directly with the student on what other uh, measures we can take for their participation. Yeah. So the as we've been doing this, I think, five years now, um, and it until this year, it's really just been an expectation of new students. But, but the laws have said no; it's all your students have to do this on a yearly basis, kind that of thing. So that that part of it that's for the returning students, that's new this year, right? That is correct. Yeah. And it's just a shorter version of what they may have received uh, years prior. Yeah. And it just gives them a reminder of strategies and measures that they should take to ensure the prevention of any action that should occur on or off campus, as well as what to do in the event that they witness or observe any circumstances of violence on or off campus. And so thankfully, you know, with our campaign, 
uh, we have been keeping track of participation <laughs> throughout the CSCU system. Yeah. And uh, our university has had its highest participation within prior awesome. years of the previous years and the highest participation of any CSCU institution. Nice. So I think it speaks volumes to the fact that, you know, we're, we're taking a lot of proactive steps, mm -hmm. but also making sure that we want to put the information out there. We want to educate as many students as possible about what information they should be aware of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think all three of us, because of the jobs that we do here, have looked at a lot of these kinds of trainings over the years. And for my opinion, I think this is one of the best that's out there. You know, I, I, I enjoy it because it's got so many different things. You, you know, you mentioned some of them before. It's got personal stories. Mm -hmm. um, it's got, you know, videos. It's got games. It's got you know, all kinds of ways to get at the information yeah. and talk about it. And it's not just it's not just horror stories about things or definitions of things, but there's there's all kinds of really helpful information. I mean, one of the things that I really found helpful when I was looking through it is that whole idea of bystander mm -hmm. intervention and, um, you know, how mm -hmm. some kind of action from somebody who witnesses something going on can really change the outcome of a situation. Right. And I know, Sydney, the Women's Center does a lot of, of training on bystander intervention, mm -hmm. and you have some programs about that. And yeah. I wonder if you could just talk some about that and the whole concept of bystander intervention. Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we do um, a lot to talk about bystander, bystander intervention with a lot of different people on campus, and it could be an education program with a club or with an athletic team or in a classroom or things like that. And we have our manager of campus education and outreach who can actually facilitate those, and it's really a way to apply the knowledge that is taught and discussed in Not Anymore to real-life scenarios, even more so than it's done on the webinar thing mm -hmm. that you're going to do online. This is like in class with your peers or with your team, and it creates a lot of conversation about how to best get involved and how to best help intervene in a mm -hmm. situation. So before anything dangerous has happened, what do you look for? What can you notice? And then also, what are ways to safely get involved? So for some people, that might be calling out the actual target of the behavior of what's happening and calling that person out who's about to do something that maybe isn't so great or it's just being a friend to the person who's on the receiving end of that challenged behavior or something like that so if you notice somebody I think an example that's used in the program is like cat calling on the west side campus or something in the program that Kara would facilitate like how would you intervene and recognizing that it's an incredibly unique situation for every person so I might decide to, you know, call it out and challenge the behavior directly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you might decide to check in with the person who was on the receiving end of it and saying, hey, I heard that and I know that wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure you're okay. So bystander intervention looks different for everyone and looks different in every situation. But I think what the idea of it really teaches is that there are safer ways to get involved because we want to, as a community at Western get involved when something's happening, when we see something negative going on, but we don't want to cause further harm to anyone else to those bystanders, bystanders by getting involved. So there's a lot of different ways to do it, and it's a lot about talking about just changing the culture on campus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you call out that victim-blaming language and you call out that um, 
you know, sexist remark that you hear, there's ways that we can show other people on campus that Western's a safe place to be and it's comfortable and there's people who really do care. And I think that's why it's so important that we have our returning students participating mm-hmm. in that anymore because it continues to talk about how do we handle this culture? How do we deal with the culture of violence and just really prevent any kind of sexual violence on our campuses by talking more about equality and calling out negative behaviors and language and things like that. And it's something that you need to learn more than just one time one when you're starting your freshman year. It's something that yeah. really does go on forever. Well, and I think the idea of keeping it fresh in your mind mm-hmm. and then finding ways to actually practice it. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that you, you know, think somebody is going to be sexually assaulted, but exactly. it, it is calling out that language mm-hmm. or behavior when you see it sometimes so that I think when you've done it more, you're more comfortable right. doing it later, too. Mm-hmm. But I also, one of the things I really liked is that, you know, I remember watching it and, and they were, they would take the the same situation that was happening at a party, yeah, I right. think was the thing. and And... They showed different people approaching it different ways because mm-hmm. there was a guy who noticed his guy friend was being, you know, a little too aggressive right. with this woman. And he came up and just said something to her, whereas somebody else came up and and kind of drew her away from mm-hmm. the conversation and, and took her away from the person who right. was maybe going to do something to or somebody else mm-hmm. chose to, you know, go away and call for reinforcements. Exactly. You know, so there's. There are all kinds of ways that this can happen so that mm-hmm. you stay safe, but you're also doing something to, right. to help that person yeah. who might be. And there's know. no one right or wrong way to right. do it. So it's not like there has to be a ton of pressure placed on you as the bystander to get involved mm-hmm. in, oh, my gosh, I'm going to mess it up if I do it wrong. Any kind of anything when you see something is better than nothing. Yeah. Um, and then I think uh, another piece of it all is when you – get to sit through like the education program in class or with your team or with your club or organization or whatever that might be, you get a chance to ask questions that are maybe came up when you did the Not Anymore program Mm -hmm. or came up throughout the program itself. But for students who might not find themselves in a space where they're on a team or in a club and get to have that extra debrief kind of of the material, Mm -hmm. we're always willing to have those conversations in the office. So if somebody wanted to stop by the Women's Center, which is located in White Hall, we can always talk with you about, like, how do you be a bystander? Or if you were ever already one and mm-hmm. you want to talk about that, what that was like for you. Or if there was a time, God forbid, when you were involved in something and nobody intervened, that can, you know, have some yeah. feelings, too. And it's okay to process those. And that's what we're here for. Yeah. And if you find that, you know, there is not an opportunity to go to the Women's Center mm-hmm. in collaboration with the Women's Center. There are many events, yeah. trainings, and seminars that are happening throughout the semester that permit that opportunity on an Absolutely. individual basis to engage any one of us on what circumstances mm-hmm. one may be going through and mm-hmm. whom they want to talk to and just, you know, be more educated and more enlightened about yeah. what's happening and also what's being given in the program. Yeah. And you had, you had mentioned something earlier, which I also wanted to to highlight which is that um, in the course of Not Anymore, there are some really kind of highly emotional, you know, there are people talking about what may have happened to them or something. And one of the things that the program does is gives you trigger warnings Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that there are ways that you can get through that that Mm -hmm. section um, without necessarily having to sit through and relive with that person what went on. Because we have people who... You know, those are right. those are big trigger kind of areas. Um, 
And so I think that's a really important feature yeah, of definitely. what it does too. It's, you know, it's not taking you out of the situation mm-hmm. totally, but it's telling you this could be hard. So right. maybe you want to fast forward through this and you get to the next section or something. And Yeah. And it's also yeah. incredibly comforting to feel mm-hmm. like that's normalized right? because yeah. these feelings of being triggered are very normal, especially for survivors or for yeah. people who know what this might really feel like. And it's okay to say, okay, maybe I'm going to, you know, engage this trigger warning and skip through and, and then talk about it after if you need to. Yeah. Now, you said this is a, um, this is kind of a requirement through CSCU. So are, are there any things, you know, what do we expect? I guess just we expect students to do it. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. The idea is for them to participate, to uh, have a certificate, a certificate of completion at the conclusion, and to have that readily available if it is asked. Um, it is automatically uploaded into the system so that it will... Uh, trigger the fact that you've completed the program and you won't get any more updates uh, via email about the need for you to participate or to complete the program. Now, these are conversations that obviously are very challenging and are very difficult, Mm -hmm. and they also translate into the classroom where there may be conversations that are challenging that might occur with faculty Mm -hmm. and other students that you find can be a trigger warning. And so outside of not only having the circumstances addressed through the Not Anymore program, I highly encourage students when those things happen to please approach the Women's Center. Come to my office and we can highly address those circumstances and issues and provide the best remedy in in your college experience. So, you know, it it just doesn't stem from participating in the program. These are challenging conversations that happen all the time Mm -hmm. throughout um, the engagements on campus. And so it, it is highly encouraged for all students to come forward and address those situations and circumstances. And that's also being a bystander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I wanted to switch gears just a little bit and in general talk about the whole issue of Title IX. You know, a few years ago when we were starting to talk about this, most people knew Title IX as, oh, it's how you got women's sports on campus kind of thing. But I think now... Um, the whole concept of it has been around long enough that people really know that it deals with much more than that. And so, um, you know, I wondered if you wanted to talk just a little bit about that, your office, CART, all the all the ways that address mm-hmm. the Title IX issues. And Sydney, feel free to pop in with things. <laughs> <laughs> Title IX has taken such an evolution within the last several years. And uh, the idea for colleges and universities to take a more um, informed approach about educating, but about prevention of sexual violence on campuses has really taken its next step now within the new year. Um, You know, with the with the provisions of the laws now changing and colleges and universities really taking and examining uh, their practices and their procedures, it's really important for us to have a proactive approach. So there are many uh, initiatives that we have that we're working through at WCSU. One of them happens to be uh, our CART team, so our campus response and resource team. 
is made up of members of uh, student affairs and all areas of the university community uh, where we come together once a month and talk about all of the circumstances and issues and how best we are providing resources, uh, programs, and services to our university community. So we're having this constant conversation on a regular basis throughout the semester. Uh, our university is also partaking in a new program with uh, NASPA called the Culture of Respect Initiative. Mm -hmm. And that also uh, brings that challenge of having to mm -hmm. re-examine our policies and our practices to ensure that we're in parity with colleges and universities across the nation. And, um, you know, some universities in our cohort come to us with responses and with suggestions and with uh, praise with what we do here on campus and we have the opportunities to do just the same and so now we're having these conversations with other colleges and universities mm -hmm. and also creating a plan of action to address how much better can we get with some of the resources and services that we have on campus and so we're trying to find a lot of creative ways to really bridge the gap to that evolution of Title IX and really being there to address all of the resources that we have mm -hmm. in a more informed approach for yeah. all. So, so if, if students are listening to this and they've been, you know, sexually assaulted or harassed or stalked or, you know, all mm -hmm. those things that kind of fall under that, what what happens? Where do, what do they need to do? Where do they need to go? So <laughs> right now what we have is our anonymous incident report system that is on the web on the footer of the wcsu.edu website. And it allows a user, whether it's a victim, whether it's someone who has observed a witness or is aware of a situation of sexual mm -hmm. violence, a faculty member, a staff member, or even a community member to come forward and anonymously file these circumstances so that It'll, receive, it'll be received by my office as well as by the university uh, police, and we will collaborate and try our best to address the issues that come forward, whether someone identifies themselves or decides to file an anonymous complaint. Um, we do take appropriate action as needed. Uh, there's also the opportunity of reaching out to the Women's Center to uh, redress concerns and just get as much therapeutic mm -hmm. resources as possible and I'll allow uh, for, for Sydney to address that mm -hmm. more. Um, there's also the opportunity of having a conversation directly with myself in my office with the Office of Diversity and Equity where um, I'll meet with any individual from the university community, uh, whether they are a person who has observed or witnessed a situation or they, they, they themselves are the victim of a situation and best redress their issues as well as refer them to all the resources that are readily available mm -hmm. on the campus. So I think that that's a lot about kind of what we do as well, but the different piece for us at the Women's Center is that students can walk in without wanting to report, right? So mm -hmm. the Women's Center is a confidential resource on campus. Everything we do is free and confidential to anyone who might have gone through something or knows someone or has experienced it in the past or is currently going through any form of interpersonal violence. So whether that is sexual assault, dating violence, domestic violence, um, stalking, sexual harassment, anything like that, you can come into the Women's Center, you can walk in, you can call our 24-hour hotlines that we have, or you can email me as well, and we have information all listed on Western's website, um, and talk with us about what your options are and what your rights are in these scenarios before going over to Title IX or filling out any of those forms. So you can always take that step first, but if you wanted to talk about it with somebody in just a confidential setting, you can do that as well. And I think Title IX is so great because 
there is different rights that student mm-hmm. survivors have or that survivors have on campus here at Western, and that's all possible through Title IX. So there's a reason that we have a campus advocate at the Women's Center because it is more than just what's available in the community. There's more here for people. Right. So I was just talking to one of my coworkers today that if they ever get to a student or they hear from a student who might need something because of a dating violence relationship, talk to me, talk to somebody else, because there's probably something we can do right. to support them. Yeah. And I think one of the things you, you mentioned being a confidential resource, mm-hmm. um, because if if you're not talking to the Women's Center or, or Title IX, but you mentioned something to right. a professor or to your RA or something, there are requirements that they have to report mm-hmm. that, um, you know, using s- using the anonymous support thing usually, but... I'm so thankful that you're segueing yeah, into that because right. that was going to be my next point is the fact that, you know, for faculty and staff that have direct affiliation or direct responsibility of students, mm-hmm. they would be considered responsible employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they receive a report from a student or some kind of uh, disclosure from a student that says, you know, I've been the victim of uh, an assault or a rape or I'm in a relationship uh, where it's abusive, mm-hmm. uh, that individual would have the responsibility to come forward and address the issues. Uh, whether it's filing it through the anonymous incident mm-hmm. report system or giving a call to the Women's Center or right. my office right. to redress the issues, and then we'll have the opportunity to approach that individual. Right. Now, you know, my office isn't just about enforcement. We're also about providing as much accommodation right. as needed mm-hmm. right. to comfortably address the issue with the person who's affected mm-hmm. so that they are successful in campus, whether it's going to classes or participating in programs mm-hmm. or services. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we try to be as encouraging as possible and provide right. all options that are readily available. We don't start with the fact that a complaint needs to be filed. Right. If there right. are services outside of the filing a complaint, we most certainly address those as well and still offer the options of filing a complaint but at the discretion of that individual mm-hmm. when right. they're ready right yeah and that's the I think that's the thing I, I really wanted to point it out because sometimes you just have a relationship with somebody you're talking with them about it but I think it's important to know too that that a lot of the people you might be talking to here on campus mm-hmm. are required to make a report of that somehow so that's really where yeah. I wanted to come at that from the idea of the confidential resources because that offers you a little more mm-hmm. protection yeah and um, somebody who's really going to be able to help guide you through those things so um, women's center the counseling center health services yeah. and and campus ministries are all part of the confidential resources that we have here on campus That's correct. anyone that you're reporting to is going to be helping you get the services that you need right. um, but it might be that you want to talk with somebody from a confidential resource early on to just be able to kind of get it off your chest in yeah. the best way that that you know you're going to be protected a little i guess yeah, <laughs> Is, yeah. um you talked a little bit about cart so i i i'm looking at my notes here of what i wanted to talk mm-hmm. about um I know we're running out of time, probably. So I want to, I want to just ask. You mentioned that there are always things happening on campus, and I know Women's Center always has a lot of great <laughs> programs that are coming up. So, 
Are there things already set for the spring that might be happening that people ought to know about? So on the uh, website face, we will have our spring 2020 cultural diversity uh, events calendar. And normally for each month, as it's represented, we do have uh, programs and uh, resources and initiatives Mm -hmm. that'll be put in place and will be advertised. We most certainly have a lot of things coming down the line in February and March mm-hmm. in uh, in honor of uh, Black History Month, mm-hmm. Women's History Month, and Sexual Assault Awareness yeah. Month. Yeah. And so please check it out once uh, yeah. you come back to campus and take a look at all the wonderful things mm-hmm. that we have planned uh, for all those in our university community. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we have um, separate events happening as well with the Women's Center. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Some we're collaborating with Title IX on. Um, others are just different events that are happening that have happened on campus before. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a couple new ones, but then there is also It's On Us Mm -hmm. on campus, which is our student club, who it's really It's On Us to End Sexual Violence on college campuses. It's the whole name. But our meetings are going to be, I believe, Mondays at four on Mm -hmm. Midtown. So that's open to everyone. Anyone is welcome to join. And I believe there's Clubs Carnival in the spring, so Mm -hmm. we'll be there as well. Um, And we're always having conversations about bystander intervention, consent, all the different things we can do as a community to prevent these things from happening. Yeah. There's, there's always something going on. Yes. So, you know. absolutely. And yeah. online, we have our brochure for CART and mm-hmm. all of the resources that are readily available through CART and through Title IX, and a lot more uh, published information that yeah. we'll have readily available for the university community that I'll send out in a notification at the start of the semester. Right. So, my hope is be engaged, uh, be a part of something, and really keep yourself in the know of what's mm-hmm. happening on our campus. So I want to I want to touch base on a couple of things because you mentioned the anonymous report and it is in the footer of the front page. You you really have to know. Just scroll down to the very bottom of the page and in tiny little print at the yes. bottom, it's there. So it's it's a little hard to find someplace if you don't know. But if you know, just scroll down to the bottom and look for it. Absolutely. It's right there. Um, you could also do it on the search bar at the top of the yeah. uh, of the website, right. or go into our cart page or our Title IX yeah. page. And, and the the cart page it's C A R R T, so good. that yes. you know it's not just one R. We're so special. We have two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. And I think with the really quickly, just the responsible employees. In case anybody mm-hmm. is a responsible employee who might be listening. The Women's Center is always available to help you debrief disclosures that yeah. you might have received and talk about them. But technically, talking with us and reporting to us is not um, reporting. F- fulfilling that obligation yeah. because we are confidential, so it doesn't go anywhere. So yeah. Title IX would be the office for that. Yeah. And then you, you talked about your offices again. So Sydney Women's Center yes. is right here in Whitehall, which is where we're recording right mm-hmm. now. Um, and your room number It's 003A. 003A, and then the Title IX Jesenia's office is on the second floor of University Hall. Yes, room 202B. Yay! So, um, you know, if you do have questions or things, these two are wonderful. Please, you know, take some time to email or give them a call. And um, I think that's going to be it for us for Gavin Grove. So, again, Jesenia, Sydney, thank you so much for being here and talking with us today. This is really important topic and I know we've covered some of the things a few times but I don't think it ever hurts to hear it again so and and you guys are great at telling the story so um, I also want to thank Pete our you know silent man behind the glass over there too (laughs) for for helping so um, 
please tune in to Gab and Grow throughout the semester. We're going to have lots more information for you. If you have questions that came up today that didn't get answered or you have ideas for things you'd like to hear about, you can always email me at griffinm at wcsu.edu and I'm happy to find an answer for you or try to schedule your topic for Gavin Grow podcast to come. So I guess that's it. Bye now. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>